Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going so well. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm excited about this Spotlight episode. It's a really great conversation. Yeah. So our Spotlight episodes are dedicated to us talking with people behind brands and companies that we believe in. Yeah. People making the world a better place. Yes. And today's no exception. Rama Mayo, co-founder of Green Street. This it's, was so cool. He's so cool. And I, since I moved to LA three years ago, have just watched them grow in the most incredible way. Really quickly, Green Street is a full-service creative and compliance agency dedicated to cannabis meaning like if you have a concept they will help you shepherd that concept all the way through including with california regulations and everything to bring whatever it is that you have dreamed up to market yeah a dream weaver they are dream weavers and they work with some incredible brands and people like they've got um race remard and uh the game they one of my favorite brands that they work with is apothecana which is this really cool topicals brand that was founded they're kind of an og brand now they were founded by a wonderful guy named james kennedy who came from aveda i believe okay and he saw the need for like really beautiful high-end topicals in the cannabis space that weren't just sort of you know bombs and stuff but he they make like a pain spray that really works is this what you use on your tiny elbow my elbow that's all yeah i have like a weird you have Tiny elbow. tiny elbow injury from repetitive keyboard stress or something. And I use Apothecana and it works like nothing else and it smells great and it feels all cool on your skin. It's just, they just work with like the top people and I think they really identify who it is that they, be- they believe in. They That's co-sign what it is. people. Yeah, well, and you know who co-signed them because they're now it's a co-owner. Oh my gosh. Gary V. It's Gary V. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you got to follow him on Instagram if you don't. I, he's fascinating to me. Yeah, so they do branding. They do consumer touch. Hall of Flowers. I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt, but oh, Hall yeah. of Freaking Flowers. Let's get into that for yeah, a second. Yeah, of course. That's so important. Also, we're going to Hall of Flowers. So I can't wait. Whoop, whoop. Hall of Flowers is a B2B conference for cannabis companies, and it's taking place in Santa Rosa on September 18th and 19th. We're going. We're going to pop podcast from there. We're going to do some man on the street style interviewing from there. Um, and it just kind of like bread, rub, break bread, rub shoulders, bump elbows, rub bread, rub bread. I'm going to go and rub bread on everyone <laughs> at Hollow Flowers. It's going to be real weird. What an awful man on the street bit. <laughs> hey, I'm here to, I'm here to rub shoulders and break bread, but I forgot which one was which. And now I'm just rubbing everyone with bread and breaking people's shoulders. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) So it'll be our first time and our last time at Hall of Flowers. Excited to announce. Thanks so much for the invitation, and we'll see ourselves out. (laughs) This was a really cool conversation with Rama. Yeah, he knows so much about the art world. He knows everything about music. He came from music, and now he's applying all of his vast talents and intellect to the cannabis game, and he's, like, leading the way. If you're in L.A., you will be able to see the high-rise that they're building downtown that's going to house all of these cannabis companies, and it's going to be a green building. That's like, un- what Green do you mean Street Green? Built. Like all of the companies that are going to be in the building that Green Street is making it will be, they'll all be cannabis. Oh, I remember, I can't remember what he calls it, but in this episode he calls the building something. Oh, it's such a funny name too. Yeah. Sillabong Valley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your patience while I pulled that out of my back lobe. Nice work. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, should we get to it? Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. 
please give us five stars. Please leave reviews. It means so much. And without further ado, here is our conversation with Rama. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? I feel real good in this space. We're in a place covered with art. Thank you for having us. Do you mind introducing yourself and saying your name so everyone knows your voice? Sure. Uh, my name's Rama Mayo, I guess. You know, my mom was a super hippie, so that's my real name. And uh, I run uh, Green Street Agency, which is where we are at now. And uh, I'm trying to call it, just call it Green Street, actually, and drop the agency word, so I'm already doing a bad job of doing that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Green Street, which is essentially an agency, and uh, we build different things in the cannabis industry and uh, work with a bunch of different brands and do events and a bunch of stuff like that. Art. We love art. art I, I would say like we're probably the only like, cannabis type of agency that has like, an art program. Like We take it so seriously. Like We literally have like, an art program here. Really? We know that... It's not really there in the cannabis industry yet for the art side of it, but we are huge fans of it. And when we started the agency, we worked for a couple of years without really taking any money. And when we finally had some money to take, we were like, okay, we can either take this amount of dollars per person or we could buy this painting. And we ended up literally buying a painting like that would cost as much as a car uh, instead of taking any money for ourselves after years of work. You know, that's how much Whoa. we love art. Yeah. Whoa. What so, was that first painting? It was from Chris Cassio. Uh, it's the painting that's over here on the side. It's uh, the camo uh, weed painting with all the, the camouflage and the weed strains in there. And, you know, we work with some artists now, but we love it so much. I personally love art, so I'm like a burgeoning collector or whatever, you know. And, uh, you know, cannabis will get there. Right now it's not needed, I guess, with, with it. You know, packaging is even just becoming a thing. Never mind, like, for to get a cannabis brand to really care about art. It's like, you know, it's far off. It know? is. So, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. where's the money in looking at something? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Unfortunately. No, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. It's, the, the artists don't even make money, really, you know. But if you go to any gallery or museum, the chances of someone smoking like a little vape or, you know, hitting a joint before they go inside of those things is pretty high. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Pun intended, you know. But yeah, like everyone's really getting smoking before they go look at art and stuff like that. So uh, that's the first thing we did. That's why the office looks so good is that we moved in just a few weeks ago to this temporary space. Uh, but we have a good art collection and we have good taste. So that's why we're able to kind of fill it up right away. So. It's wild to walk in here for the first time and feel like I already trust you because it looks cool. Because <laughs> it looks cool, yeah. You know what I mean? That like, happened yesterday, actually. We had a meeting, and, and someone came in and really like knew some of the artists. And you know these artists aren't very famous, but they have like little cult followings. And uh, I feel like we won the pitch before we pitched because he was just tripping out on one of the artists. And the fact that we knew that and understood it and cared about it and... Because that's really what branding is, right? If we're like, what we do is we're like a branding agency, but that's all art is, period. Like, you know, like Jeff Koons and I can make the same sculpture that but one's worth five million bucks and mine's worth like however much the metal costs or whatever, you know? Yeah. So that's truly branding, I think, you know, the art world. And, uh, and I think that we get that and understand that. And we work with so many artists that aren't fine artists, but are musicians and things like that. So Was that the same feeling you got when you started in music? A hundred percent. We would stay with say with strangers like on tour and stuff because they were caring about the music especially like in the punk scene and stuff you know oh is that what you were into yeah yeah oh, cool. I, I did a punk label for like 10 plus years i put like 70 records out on on that label Yo. yeah yeah then my interns were like no one's gonna buy music anymore and i sold my company so yeah. wow yeah 
Yeah, but, I, but right now I still feel like I'm doing music. Uh-huh. You know? yeah. I'm sorry, but also you listen to your interns? I did. I listen to everyone that's younger than me. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I do. That's, I think, one of my things. I, I'm like, I'm level 41, I think, right now, but I identify as a 27-year-old. That's what's you know? up. Yeah. 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 Everyone around me, all these guys are, and girls are so much younger. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just want to remain relevant and stuff. So when I went to the, my interns were like, we're not going to buy music ever again. Then I went to the major labels and I said, what do you think about this? And they were like, no one's ever going to stop going to record stores. I was like, okay, shit, well, one of these for sure is wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's probably not the kids, you know what I mean? So it was more of that. Uh, then I did a fashion trade show for years, um, which is why Hall of Flowers kind of exists, you know, and, uh, and I really just apply all of the music stuff to this now, and that's even why we represent so many musicians through the agency is because I speak booking agent and manager, and I understand, like, that, how that all works. So. Hall of Flowers launched in 2017? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, September something, uh-huh. 20, no, 2018. 2018. Yeah, just, we only did two. It's been a year. Wow. Yeah, crazy, right? It is crazy. But it, but it was years of, years and years and years of me plotting and planning and begging people to work with us. And, you know, I did, like I mentioned a minute ago, I did a, a little fashion trade show that had a few hundred exhibitors, but my partners in Hall of Flowers, uh, Danny and Aaron, they run some of the biggest fashion trade shows that exist. So I went to them and was really begging them to, to help us produce this show because I didn't want to do the, all the work necessarily, but I need, we needed the platform and wanted to have this, like, you know, we had the vision for it. Um, but, yeah, it's a ton of work to do the show. And it yeah. made such an impact on yeah, the it's really cool. industry. It's really cool. It is really cool. Yeah, yeah I'm super proud of that. Um, disruptive or something. Yes. You know? <laughs> we use that word a lot on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a silly word, but, but, uh, but that's, that's really what we did. Um, but, you know, it's this, it, it, I don't know, I mean. Did you know that it would be so necessary and so welcome? Uh, yeah. You did? Yeah. yeah. I didn't think it was going to be that big. Like, I didn't think it was going to be that good, you know. Um, but timing was amazing because of legalization was happening right then. I was trying to do the show literally for years. Like, I, I, there's, if you can ask any of my partners, any people, ask Aaron Levant, like, for, f- for four years plus, I've been trying to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, yeah. how did you pitch it or how do you describe it to people who don't know? Uh, I just say it's like a, uh, a B2B trade show for for cannabis. So just like any other B2B sales, it's buyers and sellers, you know, so but it separates itself. We just care. We care <laughs> okay. about it. You know, I need yeah. it to work. I, I, I want to use it as a platform to launch our brands. You know, that's really where it came from. You know, uh, we just we had the we had the, the showroom as Green Street, you know, so we were doing having the brand showroom and. If you look at the first 20 brands on the Hall of Flowers first ad, 19 of the brands are brands that like we were working with at the agency. Brilliant. So we just needed a platform. You know, I, I, the way I'm building the businesses are, or we're building the businesses is, pl- I look at it as platforms and then brands. So with the platforms, it's like a one-time build, you know, and you can then you can launch infinity amounts of brands through it. So, because you have that base, yeah. Because Hall of Flowers is a one-time thing. I hope I don't have to do a million trade shows or a million different events. I don't need to reinvent it. I just wanted to have that that platform or whatever, right? And then, right next door to us, we're here in this temporary space. But next door to us, we bought a building about a year and a half ago. And to me, that's going to be the most amazing platform of all time because it's you know a seventy thousand square foot building, hundred percent dedicated to cannabis. Um, that will be this launching pad for I think hundreds of brands will come out of out of the space. 
you know. Um, so the title yeah. for this episode is going to be like, if you build it, they will come. Because uh, sure. you needed to build a place yeah. to, to you needed all, to build a home. It was all out of necessity. Even yeah. the building next door, like we, our, our old landlords were, were, were like scumbags and are, were like trying to take advantage of us. They, you know, they tried to they asked for a percentage of our income what? as a, as a as a as a tenant as a landlord. It was insane. Wow. And uh, and we make logos and style guides and stuff. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like we're like we don't sell weed. You know. And uh, so then I was like, I couldn't imagine what the brands go through and how, you know, they can't even really tell their landlords what their little businesses are and stuff. And as soon as I started talking to everybody and letting them know, hey, I'm finding a space, let me know if you need any space, everybody said yes, Mm. everybody, you know? So we were like, oh shit. And then we started looking at 10,000 square foot spots. That turned into 20,000. Now we're at 67,000 square feet. It's almost entirely rented out and I don't have windows or doors on it. So it's like months and months and months away from being done, and it's I, it's like sold out. I literally made hard hats. This one right over here, and I put a cool cool stickers on them. Yeah. And I bring people through on a tour and show them everything that's going on. And by the end of it, I rent whatever space that I'm showing, you know, because it's like the first that's ever been done, you know. But in but this is meatpacking district back in the day. This is Silicon Valley. This, you know, this is been done in other industries but the fact that this is a safe space for businesses to be here uh and be promoted and not hiding is yeah it's it's pretty cool and it will be smoking friendly of course and all that stuff yeah you're building the industry as you want to see it that's exactly right yeah yeah that's exactly right and you're sort of baking your principles in at the outset yeah yeah and 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 with the building is a community thing you know the trade show is a community thing we're not going to the trade show this is how you do it like we pulled all the brands all the exhibitors right after the show going tell us what you didn't like we want to fix it you know what i mean so it's um but i know what they need because i'm one of them you know when it comes to something like hall of flowers are you making a list of things that you either wish you saw or things that bug you or both Mm. yeah i think it's the my Danny, you know, who really runs the show and Aaron are like the 30,000 foot view. Like they've done the shows, they've sold trade shows that they're the best at it. And then I'm there to kind of like apply it to cannabis, you know, and try to make sure that it fits our, you know, people. Cause it's really like for hall of flowers, it's very simple. Brands want to make money. That's yeah. all it's for. Mm-hmm. If you write orders at the show, that's it. You know, that's why the show is so successful. Cause you know, we had, I've seen numbers, and we've had brands break a million dollars in sales at the show. You know, wow. Of course you're going to come back. Of course you're going to buy a booth yeah. for a couple thousand bucks. You so know? I get Seth, you know Seth Godin? The, uh, of course. Okay. I get his yeah. blog every day. Okay, amazing. I emailed Seth Godin to speak at Hall of Flowers. Oh, really? I emailed everybody. I guess I get really high at night and just email all my heroes. And <laughs> yes. it, it, it usually works, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I emailed Seth Godin. He responded in five minutes. Fuck. Can't out of town that day. Thank you so much. And we were just like, what the fuck? Like... Everyone else has managers and agents, but so please go ahead. Tell yeah, me, tell me. And he wrote back, and he was just president yeah. of like, of yeah. course. One of his blogs that has always stuck with us, and I've like always think of is, you can be in the cannabis game. We'll use it for cannabis specific for this blog he wrote, and it was like, you can either separate yourself from the pack and be a lone island and expect yeah. everyone to come to you, yeah. Yeah. or you can just dive in and be a part of all of it and let the chips fall where they may, but at least all these new people will come find you and make a decision whether they want to fuck with you or not. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. It, was, yeah. it changed my mind because I was yeah. like, oh, I'm trying to like stay away from the pack and be my own pack. But Understood. That's- my partner, Gary, uh, at the Hall of Flowers show was the keynote and Gary, Gary Vee. Gary Vee, yeah. yeah. And uh, he was, uh, 
he said something super profound there that, that I heard for the first time, which I, which I loved. And it was talking about how the tech industry was like this and, you know, you got to look left and right. And these are the people you should be starting businesses with, not putting your elbows up against because when everyone does come in and this is federally legal, everyone is going to be the enemy over this, you know? So he's like, if you guys are tripping, if you guys aren't forming businesses now together with the people and everyone in this room is, is the industry, you know? So, um, you know, so we truly believe that, you know, my mom's a super crazy hippie lady too. So we, I mean, a lot of I mean, stuff. Her name is Mary Jane. Yeah, you, yeah you know, exactly. Right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys were some of the first people that I met when I moved to Los Angeles. Yeah, like, nice. I moved yeah, here three years ago. Yeah, yeah. And wow, sounds, seems like 10 years ago, I by know. the way. <laughs> wow. Do you still like it or you hate it or you love it? I love it. it. Okay, great. I love it. Great. I love you know, it here too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like making this podcast and, and, and writing about cannabis for a bunch of different outlets is yeah. just like, it's an amazing time to be here. And I just having watched Green Street over the past three years sort of evolve as it has has been so exciting and I, I just wonder if it, like can you share something about what's surprised you about the past three years as you've grown uh yeah that's cool uh what surprised me um I mean the first thing that came to mind is like I, I thought of two things I thought of Gary and I thought of Shep Gordon I don't know if you guys know Shep Gordon at all do you know Shep Gordon you know Shep Gordon okay Supermensch is a documentary everyone needs to watch it unbelievable life-changing kind of style stuff uh, Shep was a ultimate manager, managed uh, uh, Alice Cooper to the Beatles to Sylvester Stallone to Mo- wow. Nobu and Morimoto and, and Emeril Lagasse and you know he he, managed, he works with Roy Choi now but he's a super icon and and in the in the Super Ranch movie like he lives in Maui on Maui I guess you don't live in Hawaii you live on Hawaii <laughs> <clears throat> so he was living on Maui he's still there and he has this crazy house on the beach and. Um, and we met him. He came over to, to the U.S. to do an event. He was, cooked us dinner and wanted to know more about the cannabis stuff over here. And we hit it, hit it off. And he invited us to, to Maui. And we went out and hung out at the house. And it's just so crazy. It was so like half Hollywood world, half cannabis world. But to see that cannabis got me there versus any type of movie thing or anything I would want to do in a mainstream world uh, was really interesting. And, and the Gary thing was kind of similar. You know, when I was... I met Gary in like 2011, maybe or something, and I uh, went to the CIA and, and uh, the Culinary Art Institute. Cu- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not an agent. Yeah, I went to the Culinary Institute in, in uh, up north. Where is it? New York. Some, right? No, no. There's one here oh. in, uh, in California. Yeah, it's in it's, Napa or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because it's right yeah. by Thomas Keller's. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Man, so I can't think so of it, yeah. he was doing a thing there. I was working before this is pre weed. I was working for a wine company. Uh, or a, a vodka company, but it was a wine event there. So the, these guys were like, you got to come see this guy, Gary V. He's crazy. You're going to love him. He swears like you do. And <laughs> and I showed up, and he was like, why are you here? I was like a T-shirt. Everyone else in these suits. It was a private thing at the CA. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, ah, you're just cool. And I came to see you. And he's like, well, I don't understand. Like, do you sneak in here? And I was like, no, no, one of my clients, whatever. And he signed a book for me. Uh, my partner at the time uh, didn't like Gary because Gary is, like, tells you how to do it. And then, like, you know, if you, but he knows you won't go do it because everyone doesn't want to do it. No one wants to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's the reality, you know? So, so he's not scared of it. My partner at the time was like, fuck Gary. Like, that's, I don't want him telling people how to do the stuff, you know, kind of like agency kind of guy. And so he even wrote a book, like, you know, signed it, like, uh, you know, fuck you, heart Gary to, for my partner. You know what I mean? It was like hilarious. I told him the story. And, and uh, I emailed him a little bit after that. And then I tried to get in touch with him as he was blowing up and we were doing Green Street, but I was reaching out not about weed. I was reaching out just about normal, like 
branding and marketing stuff and thought I'd scare him away. And it, with the cannabis, you with were, the cannabis, were, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I finally got to him with an email that was like, uh, it was two chains in the game. You know, two of the rappers we represent. I know he loves you know rap, so or hip hop. So, I I was like, hey, I represent these people. Do you want to meet up with them? They think you're cool. Like, and he was like, absolutely. He wrote back, why? Like, yes. You know what I mean? Like, copied his assistant. You know, now I realize that like most people read email on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So everything is really geared to be able to like make it easy for them to reply. That's like one of my strategies with anything. You know what I mean? Uh, I like make it. Re- I make it so they can just respond with the yet the why and not even write yes and copy their assistant because I. You know what I mean? I like yeah. set it up to make it easy. You know what I mean? I never write emails that I ask these questions and they have to like write answers to. Like I think you never you can never write an email to someone that they have to mark as unread and come back to it later. Ugh. Do you know what I mean? Brilliant. Pro tip. That, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah. like you overwhelm them. And, you never you know, say, how are you in an yeah, email, right? Yeah, or like <laughs> if, it's, if it's someone like Shep, I'm like, aloha, Shep, hope you're well. But then it's one sentence, you know, right into like what's going on. But, but you know, anyway, it's experience, right? Like I've written emails to a million people and they, they don't write back. So yeah. now like I'm just getting better at the res- getting, you know, queuing the response up. So I wrote this email to Gary. He was like, yes, you know, whatever, CC Tyler. Shout out Tyler. And uh, <laughs> he really runs everything over there. You know, for Gary's like day to day, or he was, now he's like doing even more. Uh, and I called Game, and we had Game come over to, to, to meet Gary, and that went really well. And I never brought up Green Street. And then Gary's like, How do you guys know each other? And, and Game's like, Well, Rama worked for me on when I was on Interscope, but he's now doing all my weed stuff. And Gary's like, Hmm, weed stuff. And I was like, Yeah, like, uh, like kind of hiding, you know? And he's like, tell me more. And I was like, oh, wait, what? Okay, like, this is, and he's like, I know, I'm, I'm like kind of dabbling a little bit. And I was like, wait, what? Like, you're kind of, what, you're interested? And then Phil Toronto was there, who Phil uh, is really like, run, runs Vayner Capital, or uh, was running Vayner Capital at the time. And, you know, he, him and Gary invested into 200 businesses together. So Phil was like, we're super interested in cannabis. What's going on? And I told, talked to them about it. And um, I was shocked that that's what they wanted to talk about. And, uh, and then I, you know, I, I knew right away that the, I saw the interest level and, and knew that was our, our shot. And at the same time, like to kind of bring it back and give a final answer to your question, I felt like a little boat lost out in the ocean sometimes, you know, like I didn't really know if we were going the right way or whatever. And like a Viking or like whatever, whoever discovered like Hawaii or something back, <laughs> back to Hawaii. But like, that's what happened. Like then this, you know, this, then he's there and then he's like, this is amazing. And he loved everything that we were doing. Like every little part of it, you know, thought it was so smart and how we like set it up. Like that's why I'm not even using the agency word is because we do so much more than like agency stuff or whatever. But it's like if Nike went by Nike shoes. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you talking Nike, about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nike snooze, oh, shoes only, whatever. So, um, yeah. So he, he really, you know, empowered us and, and showed us that we were doing the right thing. And, um, yeah, that was by far like the, I guess like the coolest thing that, that didn't expect, you know, I knew we were, I felt, felt like we were doing it like gut feeling style, you know, mm-hmm. but to like land, see like, Oh, we, you know, we, we, there's land and it's Hawaii and it's free money and diamond, whatever. It's like, it was just so much further beyond I could, I could think, you know, so. I love the metaphor of Hawaii because it's part of the ring of fire and it's constantly evolving and growing as land mass. Nice. Like those yeah. islands are volcanic and growing all the time. Yeah. So yeah. you I are I didn't even know sea. that. I didn't know they were growing. I knew that they were like the newest land mass on the planet and whatnot, yeah. but I didn't know that they were always growing. Yeah. yeah. Growing yeah. Or, yeah. or disappearing. And so the yeah. idea that yeah. you were yeah. at sea and then you found your yeah. dry land and yeah. now you're, you're building yeah. it. Yeah. Hopefully it's not disappearing, but yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Like the Hopefully metaphors, it's growing more. Yeah. We grew up, I grew up in Massachusetts, so there was 
there's lots of boats and yeah. and water there. But um, what's your chowder yeah. game? If we're gonna talk, no about chowder. No, uh, no, no chowder. No, yeah. So I worked in a seafood restaurant as a kid. <laughs> I, I did seafood restaurant, the Bar Lunch, R.I.P. Uh, in Hudson, Massachusetts, and uh, I started. We grew up super poor, like Section Eight housing and that kind of stuff, and. Uh, so if I wanted anything, I had to buy it, and uh, I would ride my bike to work and clean on Sundays, and then I wasn't an idiot, and they were like, come back on Saturday and take out the trash, and then they're like, come back, you know, wash the dishes, you know, make the, the tartar sauce, uh-huh. and then it, then I worked, so then I worked in a seafood restaurant for years, and now I can't eat any any seafood restaurant, seafood that was there, I can't eat it, so I'll, I love sushi, but I can't eat like a piece of fried cod is my biggest nightmare. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Or like a lobster, oh, any kind of lobster. I, 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 I had to clean hundreds a day. Yeah. I just can't mess with it. It just makes me want to like, it's sick kind of, you know? <laughs> but yeah. This actually is a weird segue, but it works perfectly for the pantry. Pantry, yeah, yeah pantry's super cool. Yeah, that's it. we got a really great write-up yesterday. Uh, it was a Forbes mention on pantry. Um, and we really haven't even launched the brand yet, you know? What mm-hmm. do people need to know about it? Yeah, so we, we love food as well, right? Besides art, we love food. So um, we're friends with chefs, and um, we've been giving the chefs weed for a long time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And when G-Pen was rocking, G-Pen was very uh, uh, with us. You know, obviously they're always rocking. But when, when we were doing the G-Pen stuff, we'd be giving out uh, pens to all the chefs and stuff at the restaurants and whatnot. And... Um, you know, and they, they literally are like hitting the pens, you know, and flowing it into the air vents and stuff right at, while they're cooking and stuff, you know. So um, I went to Animal and uh, they had a 10 year anniversary dinner with different chefs coming. And so oh, this was recently. This is it's within yeah, this just year, last so. year ago. Yeah. yeah. We move fast on stuff. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we I went to a dinner there. Uh, it was the Franks from New York uh, that were that were cooking. I watched their Vice shows multiple times. I'm a huge fan. I think they're hilarious and and super smart and uh, and they love weed, you know. And they've been bringing the Franks have been bringing weed to the most important restaurants in the world as part of their dinners and their 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 stop bys. So you know, they had an apple on the table with weed in it as one of the courses at a Michelin star restaurant. You know, they like Whoa. do these things where they really incorporate. Like they they were at the Mad Food Symposium in in Copenhagen uh, with uh, Renee Renzeppi, You know, and Renee and the Franks did a panel together. It started at four twenty. You know, on the thing. So it's like these these guys are like ten years ago. Bourdain, Roy Choi, and the Franks had an article in the New York Times, and the the headline is like marijuana fuels the kitchens of mm. New York City or something talking about how this is a thing so the Franks I think deserve it more than anyone so I was at dinner just enjoying the food and you know I was with John Buscemi I don't know if you guys know John but amazing designer and his wife and uh, they're like what do you do and I was like I run the Screen Street thing and you know Phil Toronto my partner knows them as well Phil's a big food guy so he's like oh Phil you know we talked to Phil already blah 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 what's going on and I was like if you ever want to do weed stuff we'd be honored and they were like, give me, your, give me your cell phone. Like, yeah, let's do it. You know, they have this olive oil, the Franks. That's the number one selling olive oil in Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. So I, right you know, over, there. over there, yeah. So it's, I'm sorry to interrupt, but when we, Mary Jane and I met, yeah. we 
cooked together to like no get way. to know each other. Yeah. And that's the and olive oil the she olive brought oil? over. Yeah. No way. That's one incredible. Of the, one of my splurge items. Yeah. That's incredible. Have, well, take yeah. a, take a bottle when you leave. It's nice. So um, but, uh, but they love weed and, and it's part of their DNA and they're not scared of it and they're so proud of it. And they're in New York, which is a dangerous city for it still. And, um, you know, and again, back to like knowing how to work with people and, and I treat the Franks like I treat the rock stars that they are, you know? So I understand that they could, they only want to do certain stuff, you know? So I, we, Josh and I, my partner in the agency, uh, that we found, that Josh and I founded the company like six years ago. We talk, we say carrying ice. Like we talk about carrying ice. That's our like word for hard work. You know, like if you're, if you're not ready to carry ice, like you cannot fuck with us. You, you know, you're not here. You're not, you can't work with us, you know? And, but we know that like the Franks and those guys, like they've done that forever. They don't need to do that. And that's like why we're there, you know? So I look at the Franks like they're the lead singers of the band and I'm just still like the manager or tour manager. I'm not even the drummer. I don't even get to go on stage. We're like <laughs> back, you know? So yeah, so the pantry's with them and uh, Paul Rosen, uh, who's a super monster in the cannabis space. Paul founded a couple companies that went public in Canada. Super, super beast. Is invested into a lot of cannabis brands, but really loves pantry. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a low-dose edible brand that is made with real food. You know, it's expensive um, because of the food that's in it. Like the weed, the cannabis is kind of like free. Like we don't even really charge for the cannabis. But we use these crazy ingredients that are, it's what you get at any restaurant. Because, again, our chefs are our partners. So we have the same accounts that, you know, that animal gets there whatever sesame seeds from is where we get our sesame seeds from or whatever it is you know but uh but it makes it really expensive and but we don't care we want something that we want to eat and also it's we're using distillate so you can't taste it anyways Mm -hmm. so there's no taste difference in it so every people i mean these guys are famous chefs so i get that their food they make is delicious but uh we were shocked that we'd be able to even do something like that yeah but uh but yeah we're trying to build a great brand something we're proud of and then a platform for other chefs my favorite brand is mars you know, like the candy or whatever, you know, and Mars distributes a million other products, but it started as the Mars bar. And then uh, I think the son or the step stepson or whatever was like, uh, you know, we should distribute this. And or I think I think the dad died and, and the Mars son went on and started to go, I'm going to bring my candy bars, but I'll bring whatever these other fucking, you know, pretzels or whatever with me. And now they distribute half the brands on the shelf. You know? so, so are you just going on LinkedIn and finding brands and people that you like or doing a deep dive to find their emails and then say it was Mars? You're figuring out how to reach somebody at Mars to start no, a conversation? No, Mar- that, no, I should do that, actually. No, and that would be a LinkedIn thing. That's, that would be my strategy. No, I, I, do, I reach out more for people that, and it's probably because it's like a late at night and I'm an inspired thing. And it's like just like mostly artists and things like this. Like I, you know who John Baltasari is? He's an John actor. Baltasari. No, I love that. No, he's oh, a, he's I thought he was on Walking Dead. John no, Baltasari. that's John Bernthal. Bernthal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, John Baltasari is a, 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 a the most important probably living artist or one of the top three or something. And uh, you know he's at LACMA and has huge retrospectives and you know like the you couldn't no, you can't get a painting it's millions and millions and millions of dollars for a painting you know um but i wrote him an email and i was just like do you, you want to do weed stuff like you, you you're 81 or whatever 82 like you use cbd cream or like you, you're living in venice so like or whatever it's like you you go to the dispensary you never know you know and uh and he wrote you know he wrote back immediately like i'm not interested in the weed stuff you know but thank you so much for the opportunity you know and where most people probably don't write back but uh, and I, but I don't stop 
I'll keep writing and writing. Like right now, I'm, I'm after a guy named Tom Sachs. If you know Tom Sachs, he's like another artist. Again, I, we love art. Tom Sachs is like a con- more contemporary artist. Uh, he most like famously does some Nike projects. He had the Chanel chainsaw that went viral mm-hmm. a couple years ago, if you saw the Chanel chainsaw. Um, but he has a piece that has a, a bong in it. And then he has another piece that, these are in museums that have that have uh, you got to buy weed in the piece so you strap it's a race car piece and you strap cash to the top of the race car and you drive it through to a thing and they put a nug on top and they drive it back and it's like a it's an art piece like super top 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 upper echelon but it references weed you know so the same way the franks put weed on that pedestal i look at you know tom Sachs or something that same way uh, I don't know if John Belter's already smoked. That's why I hit him up. But yeah, it's I just you know it's cold emails or calls, you know. So are you you have art, music, food, all these things? Are you having conversations with anyone in the film world about creating? Uh, yeah, film or yeah, TV? yeah. I, I I recently wow. Speaking of of, of icons, uh, Craig Stesick here, uh, the artist that did these, Craig Stesick. Uh, become a friend of mine which i've never said out loud because it's so weird to say it (laughs) yeah but like i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him period you know he created all the branding and stuff around dogtown z boys that you've seen he he created pal peralta bones brigade so if you know the bones Brigade, tony hawk and all that so he coined that term he created the little rat bone thing that i was drawing on my skateboard you know every day uh, you know, th- these graphics here, like this, this skull graphic is him, like you've seen it in Venice and stuff. And this guy is uh, super, super iconic, and they're, they're making a documentary of him. And uh, I was able to let him in, him in <clears throat> and the director into our building next door, and they set up like a wall in there uh, out on the fire escape kind of and uh, on the scaffolding and filmed Craig like putting up and taking down these posters which he's kind of kind of famous for right now and um but this is like you know a a real this is going to be a Sundance you know select documentary kind of film and uh Josh is singing in the background (laughs) there uh Josh is my lawyer partner but he's like a surfing California lawyer Mm -hmm. you know what I mean he's (laughs) like cool lawyer you know what I mean like I used to say like point break but that would mean he's like a cop or whatever um, but he's like, uh, yeah, he like wears vans and like rides a skateboard to work, you know, cool. kind of thing, you know, he's a great dancer too. Nice. Actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> total package. Yeah. Yeah. Total package for sure. <laughs> um, I forget what we were talking about. He, he distracted me. Well, you, so you've got a Sundance. So yeah. Craig, well, yeah, I, I shouldn't say it's going to Sundance cause those guys would be like, why would you say that? But yeah, it's like a real film that, that, that these guys are making about Craig and, uh, and we were able to include our building in it, which is amazing to immortalize that. And then today I met with someone, we're producing like a television show. I met with the writer director of that and we've never done something like that before mm-hmm. but uh we get hit up all the time with people like people that have content or ideas and stuff and it's really the people you like i mean it, it comes back to this on a, a lot of fronts with us which is such a luxury it was like we have the the luxury of of like deciding who we want to work with yeah you know it's like so rare like we're normally having to like take all this stuff and and just do work because that's what you do but you know it's something where uh you know, I'm able to, to really pick and choose, you know, and that's just so, it's just, that's amazing. It feels so freeing, you know. What do you hope to see more of in the cannabis industry in coming years? Like, what do you, where do you see a, a lack or a need? Yeah, so, I mean, women was the first thing that came to mind, I guess. But yeah, it's crazy to me. It's yeah. such, like, it's like, I don't want to say embarrassing, but it's bad, you know. And then, uh, 
I mean, just like diverse, just make it more diverse in general. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm like, obviously, like, we're like these white dudes with beards, but like. Pretty cool you know, hats, too. Pretty cool hats. Yeah, we have matching hats on, Mike and I, today, for the record. Uh, that that would be good. Uh, I mean, the brands are going to be unbelievable. It's 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 going to normalize, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be tons of bad shit that's going on. Money's going to reign supreme, like most other pl- industries or whatever. But what I want to see, actually, what I want to see is. I want to see like the the people that have put the hard work in not go away but the only way i can see that possibly happening is if they like put their ego aside a little bit and find the right kind of quote-unquote suits and ties and business people that also will put their ego aside which is almost impossible and work together because that's the i think two things We, we we firmly believe the biggest brands have not been started yet period and we think they're going to be done by like the, the celebrity chefs, the people that were in the trenches, you know, mm-hmm. the lead singers, like we, I call them here, and partnering with the, the big management companies and the labels to, to do both. Because, you know, the, the industry, like all the cultivators, a lot of these people, some of these, most of these brands started as hobbies. You know what I mean? Look at like Tasks from Highly Educated or something. These guys needed product. Like the same way I needed an office space and now I'm a landlord of a building. They just needed like a vape pen or like, Task yeah. was like making nails to like smoke weed off of and then sold one to his friend or whatever. You know what I mean? So, so that's awesome, but they don't know how to run businesses, but they're 28 years old and they made 5 million bucks last year. So what the fuck are you, you going <laughs> to say to me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think that, that uh, that's what I really want to see. I'm looking at all of the brands that are coming out and all of the brands that have beautiful packaging. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's the first thing that catches my eye. But then sometimes that's as far as I get with it. And so I'd really be curious as someone who has a great eye and a great palate and cares so much. Like, so what makes a great brand? brand? Oh, uh, that's like the, that's the question I built this company to answer basically. Right. You know, I guess, but, uh, now I think today what makes a great brand is like being transparent and truly caring and providing value. I don't think there's room anymore for these big faceless brands. I think that's all kind of gone, you know, and having a consistent story and even having a story at all. You know, the the problem is there's no brands at all in the cannabis industry, barely. There's a ton of products. Wow. You know, tons of products, but there's no brand loyalty because there's no brands. If you walk into a dispensary today, like I just went earlier today to a dispensary uh, and I got some pure beauty weed because they're doing a great job on both sides, I think, speaking of great brands. And uh, Pure Beauty's uh, John Baltazari, back to John Baltazari, the name of his show in LA and his book was Pure Beauty. Mm. So Pure Beauty's name is actually from the John Baltazari world. So just a little trivia there. Uh, But I think they're a great brand, but if they didn't have that, I would have been like, cool, what's the other indica you have that's next to this? You know what I mean? So I think it's also part of like the culture of cannabis is to try these different things. You know, it's like almost to like the beer flight tasting mentality, right? Where like back in the day, like you would never have a beer flight. You drink fucking Budweiser or you drink whatever, old Milwaukee. That's, you don't try others. What are you talking about? I'm not, I don't definitely don't want to try six different beers. You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, that's part of the beer culture now is to try these things. And, but that's how it's always been with cannabis, right? It's always been, what do you have? What, let me try this. Let me try that. You don't even want to get the same one almost every time because you want to have like, you want to get high again or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it almost... You, know, you have a tolerance to it or whatnot, you know? So um, so I think it's like the only thing you have left. I mean, I, I, packaging, to me, logo and packaging is the most important of anything. And the reason that is is because the consumer doesn't know anything else right now. You know, it's not for sure in the long run. Of course not, you know? But 
I see why people buy the good-looking stuff because why would you, if you don't know anything, why would you want the bad-looking stuff? You know what I mean? Like you're already scared about that. You already know what the hell's going on. So why would you get the, you know, the stuff that doesn't even look good? You know. So, but I, I think what's happened is, you know, there's brands that just focus on the packaging and don't care what they put in it, and you're getting a lot of people buying that. But to me, that's a one-time purchase. You know, that's a one. That's a that you're tricking them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I don't think you're, especially if the pricing is is way off. You know, if you're paying way more for this nicer stuff. You know. Um, I think it was, you know, really like a disguise, you know, like, um, I don't want to mention brands by name, but there's some brands out there that like, you know, are known for bad product, you know, and, you know, but then like, I don't think you're seeing repeat business, mm-hmm. you know, so Josh talks about it all the time, you know, like, like we could have done so many deals with some of our guys, but it's a one-time purchase. That quick cash grab. Yeah. yeah, which is what I get. It's, that's what mo- most of these guys are, have been drug dealers forever. Most yeah. dispensaries, it's just like, they're just drug dealers, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about Instagram. Yeah. So, uh, Instagram, well, Gary's a big, uh, you know, investor in Facebook, right? So, um, and he also spends tens of millions of dollars a year with Facebook on their ads. He's one of their biggest advertisers. So, for sure, strategically, the Gary deal, you know, in Facebook, Instagram, YouTube ads, it's a, it's a huge part of it. That's, you know, that's why we went probably with Gary over anyone else because he does it the best in the world. So when we are able to do ads and really pump up the Instagram game, we will be able to put, click a switch like no one in the world has ever seen. Uh, we're talking to the platforms directly already about how to do this, what's possible. I'm trying to convince them they should let me handle all the ads maybe. I don't know. Sure. Just checking it out, you know, build a toll bridge or whatever. Uh-huh. That, that's never going to happen, but, uh, but it was my idea. And, um, it's a very good idea. But yeah, just like oh, you're scared of regulating it. My partner's an attorney. He can regulate it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we work with a bunch of law firms. They can regulate it, you know? Um, but you know, the, those, those guys are trying to figure out what to do, you know, the platforms. But, uh, right now we run like a crazy compliant, we call it like G rated campaigns. We don't, we turn down tons of social work that we could do for people because we don't post anything that is breaking the rules at all. Even though tons of people do it all day long and get away with it, we just want to have that super compliant, like boring, vanilla kind of account. Because um, that way, when it gets shut down, which it, eventually they all will, we can get it back on. Because we've never, we haven't been breaking the rules. We're going with, you know, we're did exactly what you're saying and keeping it private, 21 plus, whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, hopefully that will change, you know. And obviously, if it goes federally legal, these guys will take the money quicker than anyone probably yeah. so yeah 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 you know i found out the other day I, I run green street's instagram which is super dumb i shouldn't do it we have like a whole team of people but like they're busy like getting paid to do stuff for that so i just do it and i'm like a control freak ish a little bit so uh and, and it really goes down i'm saying this like to be funny but it really comes down to the art side of it like we curate it so carefully because i take it so seriously like to me it's a gallery you know, it's like who we're putting up there is like a whole thing. You that know? grid. I, re- I really think about it, you know, and um, we use it like a tool. And But I found out the other day there's like a little button in the right-hand corner. Beyond the messages, there's like the people that are trying to send you messages. You know what I mean? Yeah, the requests. The requests. The requests. Yeah. And I clicked on that thing for the first time ever oh. five years in. 
Wow. 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 Just let it sink in. So there, there was like 27 messages in there all being like, we want to give you money. And um, I haven't looked at it in four years up until now. I, so I said this to someone and then, you know, we didn't answer the phone for years. It just kept ringing. So we were like, oh God, this is too much work. Uh, again, like this luxury, we're in this weird spot of, you know, like, you know, where people are hitting us up, you know. And, uh, but then I told people I wanted to fix that and change it. We need to get on it. And people I talked to here were like, it's kind of why it's like kind of good for us, like to not be fully accessible and, you know, totally there. And, you know, like this desperate, thirsty kind of thing. And I, so I think there's like a balance maybe, you know, like between like not answering the phone. We had, when we were moving, finally we have Zach in here that's holding everything down. But like a week before we had Zach, there were 71 missed calls on the thing. It's a lot. It rings. It was ringing all day long, all day, all day, all day. He probably has to mute now because whatever. Even though there's some jazz on, but, but yeah, like, um, I don't want to say like, if you build it, they will come, but because we literally lost for three years, we didn't. I didn't pay one penny for three years full time. Really? We on this for th- yeah for three years with other partners, you know. Um, but we knew literally, like, I'm not joking. We knew if we said to ourselves if we could survive off making two bucks an hour, then we'll be positioned to where like trust would be at a premium. You know, and we'd be like super because we would have done the most and worked at the best and and helped the most for you know whatever money you know and I, we 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 charge a fraction of what we charge in the mainstream world. You know, this like this is you know we we charge three or four times the amount for the exact same amount of work, same amount of time, same amount of effort, same team members. You know, I have the guys that did the LeBron shit next door that are doing this stuff. It's like on that level, but we can't. The industry is just not there yet. You know, so. Some some brands are, but you know it's just so it's we're still too early for it a little yeah. bit, you know. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. That this is it's cool, long term thinking. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean the the same feeling I got. I did the record label, okay, and I worked with Jimmy Eat World and at the drive in and the Hives and these kind of like cool bands and yeah. And then I did a fashion trade show and I worked with like Skull Candy first show and Neff and uh, Crew and Supra and these kind of cool brands. And this is the first time they had ever done these kind of shows. And uh, the same feeling I got from the bands, some of the bands, the same feeling I got from the brands is the same thing I got from like the weed guys, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and I just knew I was super early on the music stuff. I ended up losing all those bands to major labels. I don't know if I could have given them their major label career at the time. Maybe it's better that they went off because maybe I couldn't have sold a million records. You know, I had the back catalogs and stuff, so it was all good. But and then with the brands, I didn't. I had a little fashion trade show, but I didn't know what to. I couldn't offer them anything beyond that. And with this, I was like, I just wanted to set up the right stuff so you couldn't outgrow us. You know, I wanted to be able to have that thing. So to me, it's the same idea. That's why I'm still look like I'm doing music again. It's the same approach, you know? So, yeah. Let's do some plugs. Yeah. Where is sure. Hall of Flowers? Everything. Just oh, my God. Hall of Flowers. Hall of Flowers, September 18th and 19th in Santa Rosa, California. So, that's like an hour or so north of the city. Depending on when this will run, uh, you can say that Shep Gordon is uh, booked to speak there, which is super epic. So, super mensch. Like, you got to watch it. You have no idea what, what the opportunity is to, to meet this guy. Totally sold out. Hundreds of brands on a waiting list. 500 brands. Congratulations. It's- like, it's nuts. It is not so, It's so yeah, cool. Yeah, we should do this there. We should give you guys a space to do like the podcast there if you can make it up or whatever. That would be a 100%. dream. Tickets or whatever, you know? Yeah, so that's going on. We have the building next door, 718 South Hill Street in downtown LA. Man, 40 brands under one roof. Uh, the biggest brands in the cannabis industry. It's Weed HQ. You know? we, I'm calling it Silabong Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 My partner there hates it, it. My partner won't let us, won't let me write it any, down anywhere. <laughs> 
Uh, Josh hates it because he's a lawyer, but I think it's hilarious, yeah. you know? Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we have an epic restaurant, an art gallery space, two floors of co-working suites, so 28 brands split between two floors in these beautiful suites. Uh, Mota, which is a private club space, uh, a rooftop, 240 capacity rooftop, smoking deck, restaurant, fucking crazy shit. Like, 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 I used to always use the term like the kids' table with cannabis. Like, like we're always put to the kids' table. That's like what we've had to go through. So that's why I just didn't want to have to deal with that anymore. I was so shocked at like what we're dealing with. So that's why we were building like this stuff, you know? So amazing. Uh, what else are we plugging? I don't think, I don't know. We would do, we do a bunch of awesome stuff. I think we're the best in the world at doing cannabis stuff. So. Mm-hmm. I guess there's that. Uh, Gary believes us too, you know, and it's full service ad agency stuff. Anything that you'd ever want, you know, style guide, website, social, go to market, obviously experiential events and stuff is probably my specialty. You know, you see that with Hall of Flowers. Tons of licensing. We represent Two Chains, The Game, Sublime with Rome, Dirty Heads, uh, Broken Lizard, who make the Super Troopers movies, who are epic. So fucking funny. We work with Kenny Scharf a lot on projects, speaking of art stuff. Signing some new people right now that are going to be pretty good. Cool. Working on a really, really cool project, another platform, I'll call it, right now with some insane people. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll be the biggest thing that we do, I think. Um, working on a building in New York after this. Holy Whoa. shit. Yeah. We've been, we've been trying to do that for a long time. We would have already announced New York if, if this one was already open, but... Um, but yeah, working on New York and San Francisco would be the other spot I want to do a building. Yeah. Uh, same brands and stuff. But New York's the capital of the world, kind of, you know? So yeah. I think Los Angeles will be the capital of cannabis. And I think our building will be the epicenter for that, you know? So I think we'll have the epicenter of cannabis, like, in the world until we open another one, maybe, you know? Uh, and then Musk could build a tunnel between them or something. Yeah, and just working. Nothing replaces hard work, you know? Carrying so. ice. Carrying ice. That's exactly right. Damn right. That's Let's out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank, Thank you, you guys so much. Thank really cool. You. Really appreciate the time and everything. This Very has been cool. amazing. Thank yeah. you. Bye, everybody. Bye.